The title of today's sermon is Be Thankful, and it's taken from Colossians 3, verse 15. You know, I, I, I spent a lot of time today thinking about <clears throat> what should be the title of my message today. I thought about it, I thought about it, I thought about it, and as you can see, I came up with a real catchy one. Be thankful. Well, one person left. Okay, um, today is the, is the beginning of the season in which we're thankful to God for all the blessings of life. The question is, are you thankful? Well, let's ask God to speak to our hearts tonight through the preaching of his word. Would you pray with me? Father, we're thankful for your love and your blessings and your kindness and your sovereignty in this world. We're so grateful for who you are, your character. We're thankful that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die a cruel death on an instrument called the cross that we might not have to be punished for our sins. So we're thankful that the Lord Jesus took our place, suffered for us, that we might have life. Help us, Father, to be thankful for all that you do for us, good and bad, that has come into our lives. Help us to see, Father, it is for our shaping to be more like Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is the time of the year your email box fills up with all sorts of promises about that day called Black Friday. It's kind of a weird name, isn't it, when you think about it? Who in the world gets excited about Black Friday? I think of funerals when I think of that, don't you? Anyway, these emails just keep coming to my email box and promise me that I can save hundreds of dollars if I just show up at 3 o'clock in the morning, wait outside on a cold sidewalk, and then fight a huge crowd trying to get to that one special that's been marked down. And I say, well, isn't that special? Well, I believe that's just another formed, veiled way of being greedy. Now, I did receive one other email this week that I was more interested in. It contains some remarkable wisdom in it. Now the truth is I'm not big on poems, probably like most of you, but there was a poem in this email, and it was a good reminder for me as a believer in Jesus Christ that I have so much to be thankful for. But it warned that if we confine this thankfulness to one day a year, we will miss out on the blessings and the abundant life that God offers us. Each day we should be grateful to God for our our lives, for the things that he provides for us, for his care and his protection. I thank the Lord every day for my wife, Sue. She's not here tonight with us because her mother's not feeling well, but I could tell you, that she would probably tell you that I'm not by nature a thankful person. Not like some of you folks who overflow with it. But this email came to me and was a good reminder for, for me to be thankful every day of the year. So let me, let me share a couple of lines with you from the poem. It was entitled, Be Thankful. So I stole that title for my sermon. And it read, Be thankful that you don't already have everything you desire. If you did, what would, there to be look, what would there be to look forward to? Be thankful when you don't know something, for it gives you the opportunity to learn. Be thankful for difficult times, for it is during these times that you grow the most. 
Be thankful for your limitations because they give you the opportunity to improve. Be thankful for each new challenge that comes your way because it will build your strength and character. Be thankful for your mistakes because they will teach you a truly valuable lesson. Be thankful that when you're tired and weary, it means that you've made a difference. We're prompted to be thankful on the fourth Thursday of every November, aren't we? Because it's set aside by the government to be thankful. So as we approach this coming day tomorrow, let us celebrate the act of giving thanks, not by compulsion, but by choice. Instead of rattling off the same old stuff that we're thankful for, you know, like the kids who say, yeah, I'm thankful for Jesus, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for food. Let us really think deeper about the issues of life which we should be thankful for. Yes, I, yeah, I get it. We should be thankful for home, for job, for family, for church, and for our Lord. But that really doesn't take a lot of deep thinking to come up with, does it? The truth is, it's kind of easy just to blow it off and to be thankful for just the little things in life that we take for granted. The question is, for us right now, are you thankful for the bad things that happen in your life. Now, I believe the author of this poem suggested that life is filled with suffering and setbacks that come in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. The point is that we should not only be thankful for Jesus, for church, for family, and for food, but for those challenges that come into our life rather than becoming resentful for them. If we express genuine gratitude for such negative experiences, then there's the possibility of changing those into a positive in our lives. As believers in Christ, we should find a way to be thankful for our troubles, for our downturns, for our difficulties. This will give you a shift in your thinking about thanksgiving. It'll move in your mind from a, a, a huge meal and a lousy football game to a different mindset in life. Now, the Bible speaks a lot about Thanksgiving. For example, in, the Philipp- in Philippians, it talks us about this mindset that we're supposed to have in order to be a thankful person. Paul exhorts believers in chapter 2 to have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. The question is, how can we do something that is so antithetical to our human nature? like thanking God for the bad stuff in life. When Jesus became a man, that was a big step down, don't you think? We must change our focus. We must change our thinking. A change of attitude. As Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4 of that same book, he writes, And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, finally, brethren, 
Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Think about them deeply. The mind is the place where your attitudes begin. To change your perspectives, to be thankful about those bad things in life requires that you change the way that you think and dwell on stuff. We can fuss about all we can fuss all we want about the darkness that has overcome the day in these fall and winter seasons. But then we could thank God for the warmth of our day today, couldn't we instead? We could choose to do that. We can have a change of mind. I saw this thing on the internet today about how Christians deal with sad, sun, something deficiency, you know? Really, should Christians be depressed because the sun's not out? If you have a thankful heart for all that God has done for you, that might drive out those feelings of blueness and perhaps bitterness. Most of us, like myself, are not thankful enough. <clears throat> Though we'd like to be, to be, we tend not to be thankful because of a number of different reasons. One of them, I believe, is unfulfilled expectations in our lives. Another is our life circumstances aren't the way that we'd like them to be. How can you be thankful when the life that you expected to live is not living up to what you wanted? Your circumstances that you find yourself in don't match what you thought life would be like at however old, however, what age you are, however old you are, 20. Is there anybody 20 here? 30, 40, 50, 60, 75 like Bud? Others are depressed because the circumstances of life aren't meeting their desires. This causes us to dwell on these things and give us an attitude of unthankfulness. Well, you can dwell on your difficulties. You can think about your personal failures and picadillos. You can dwell on that which you have failed to do right or your past sins and picadillos. Or you can dwell on good things. You can dwell on what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of good repute, what is of excellence, and what is worthy of praise. If you do that, you will live the abundant life that God has for you. That's why Paul admonished the Thessalonians to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty amazing verse, I think. A lot of people ask me as a pastor, what's the will of God? (laughs) Here it is. It's stated for you right here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, not just the good ones, but all of them. For this is God's will for you. Now, I know some people that spend a lot of time thinking about and searching for the will of God when it's right here in black and white. You can begin living out the will of God in your, in your life by giving thanks for your circumstances, whether they be good or bad. Well, I can hear people right now saying internally, you just don't know my life, Pastor. You don't get it. The people around me make me miserable. 
People never do what I want them to do. They disappoint me. How am I supposed to give thanks for my circumstances and for the people in my life when they're all just a bunch of losers? People are like that, don't they? They think like that. We do sometimes, don't we? I believe that a heart of thankfulness... Oh, there's that fly. I'm thankful for that fly. He was here Sunday and he's still alive. A heart full of thankfulness begins by focusing on the things that are pure and right and holy. Such things as God's forgiveness and the blessings in our life. Paul reminds these same Thessalonican believers to give thanks no matter what the circumstances are. And when you do that, then you are able to rejoice in the Lord always. What's the will of God? To give thanks for your circumstances and to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul couches these things in the form of a command. We're commanded to give thanks to God for our circumstances. We're commanded to rejoice, not just on the fourth Thursday of the 11th month of every year. This is to be done all the time. We're not supposed to just rejoice in our circumstances when we're sitting down to the Thanksgiving meal with a huge turkey in front of us and some delicious cookies at the end of it. And certainly we're not to rejoice because we beat 15,000 other people to that special offer on Black Friday at the store. The command here is to rejoice in the Lord. What's the last word there? Always. Always. Is that even possible to do? What a, what a difficult, difficult command to obey. We should be thankful in spite of our circumstances. We should be thankful in spite of those who fail us. We should be thankful to God because he never fails us and he takes all circumstances in our lives and turns them for good. It doesn't matter whether or not you've had the loss of a loved one this year, a spouse or a child or a friend. It doesn't matter if you've had a financial setback doesn't matter if you've suffered with wayward children or grandchildren. God can turn all of those things around for good if you have the right attitude, if you have the right mindset, the right focus. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the one that gives us purpose for living, not our circumstances, and certainly not those people around us. I, I recall Job. Remember Job? Remember when he was in the midst of those evil days and his very good friends came to him and they said some stuff to him. They spoke, he describes it as as a foolish woman speaks, trying to persuade him that he should curse God and die. Wow. My circumstances have never been that bad, but I'm not Job. So instead of following their foolish advice, Job asked them, his counselors, this question. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? 
But in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. There it is. You know, we tend to focus on the character of God that we like. His justice, his mercy, his love. Some of my brethren can constantly focus on the sovereignty of God. But the question is, do we live out the whole character of God in our life? Do we accept the good things that come from God as well as the bad things? If he's sovereign over the world, then the bad things that come into our life are allowed by him for some reason. Apparently, Job accepted the full-orbed character of God, but do you? Job's faith was certainly tested in the crucible of circumstances and by his relationships with his friends, but do you? In the difficult days of life, we can remain resentful, depressed, brokenhearted, or we can choose to be hopeful and joyful and thankful. But we make that choice. It is a choice. I'm reminded of the patriarch Joseph. Any of you guys been reading about Joseph lately? Hmm. Joseph was tossed into a pit by his own brothers and left to die until a caravan came along and they said, hey, let's make a buck off this guy and we'll sell him to the slave traders there. He made his way to Egypt and there Joseph ended up in prison, no fault of his own. His circumstances and his brothers didn't seem to be too good. Where was the sovereign God at who supposedly loved and cared for him? And just before life comes to its close for Joseph, we read this word, these words that he says to his brothers, his tormentors, his persecutors, if you will. As for you, Joseph says to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about the present results and to preserve many people alive. You see, looking at life through the lens of the Almighty rather than through the lens of the world will cause us to change our mind and focus about life. We learn that God allows circumstances into this life for whatever reason, ultimately, to do good. So when life isn't going exactly the way we want it to go, we should praise God and thank Him. We should rejoice When your life seems to be completely falling apart, praise him more. Thank him more. As his children, we should be thankful, for we possess the absolute assurance that he is ours and we are his. And one day soon, we will spend an eternity in his wonderful presence. Be thankful. Be thankful for direct access to the Most High God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth and answers your prayers. Be thankful that you can enter into his presence anytime, anyplace, and anywhere. Be thankful that he has entered into your presence because he's filling you, taking a bode in you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Be thankful for his precious, wonderful words that are the words of life. Be thankful for friends, family, shelter, clothing. Yes, in Jesus, we should be thankful because the Almighty loves us and cares for us and has chosen us in the Beloved. We should be thankful because we can do all things through him who strengthens us. We can meet the impossible demands of life and still remain thankful. 
much like those pilgrim travelers back in 1620 going to the New World, we should be thankful for the blessings of God in our circumstances. Even Indians. Remember, we too are pilgrims walking through this place trying to make our way to the new world where we can taste a different and more abundant life. So then, make the most of your life despite the circumstances and the people that are in it. Well, let me share 10 things I'd like to leave with you that you should be thankful for this year. They're not earth-shattering. They're not um, anything you haven't heard before. So let me just remind you of what you should be thankful for this year and then we'll end. Be thankful you're saved, that eternal life is your present possession. You cannot lose your salvation. Be thankful for God's unconditional love. Be thankful that God keeps his promises, unlike people. Be thankful for deliverance from sin and bondage. Be thankful for the freedom and liberty that is yours in Jesus Christ. Be thankful that you have a home, a family, and a church. Be thankful for being in the Beloved. Be thankful for direct access to Him and for answered prayer. Be thankful for His grace, His peace, and His mercy. This Thanksgiving, let us make a conscious choice to be filled with gratefulness, to be filled with joy, and to be thankful for all our circumstances. Would you pray with me? Father, Help us to be thankful. We know it is your will. Help us to rejoice in the Son of God and the life that he has given to us. Help us to live successfully as we navigate our way to the new world when we will be in your presence forever. And we'll give you the thanks for it. Amen.